0: Uh, This is an exciting time. It's been great, this series so far, and we're only into week two. I want to start with this scripture, though, just to lay a platform. It's in Jeremiah, and it says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. God formed us. He created us right at the beginning right at that initial point of conception god was in the mix of who we were about to become who we were formed to be i love that picture i heard a preach we went down to wollongong a couple of weeks back to visit our son down there and the pastor um preached a message about being formed filled for function and i always thought about that whole message of being created but then I sort of, that, that word form just transformed the way I see how God made us. He shaped. He molded. He formed. See, there's something amazing about an image. And I want to say this morning, an image is an amazing thing. It can either be a reflection or a projection. We ran about our, our master bathroom recently. And uh, it took me six months, (laughs) took my time with it, probably took me a year before I actually kicked into it, it needed doing for about 18 months, but this is my mirror that I got to experience for that six week period while I was living in the laundry instead of the master bathroom. I like this one because it's got the little lights around it. I'm showing this in people's faces. It's got the little lights around it, and it made me feel like the star. You know, you, got, you turn the little lights on, and I just felt like the whole performance was about me. But then the little lights really shone on the face. You know the scary thing about mirrors? It shows you who you really are. It's a reflection of the true self see i love photos that you can take and you can photoshop you see something you don't like it's amazing now with some of them, you can actually photoshop somebody with a simple app sh- photoshop them completely out of the photo they're just gone <laughs> i'd like to do that with my nose when i look in the mirror shrink it a little bit my wife pointed out last week while we were away on a romantic weekend <laughs> that I now have creases in my earlobes. <laughs> Try to unsee that every time you look in a mirror. <sighs> How do I get rid of that? Trying to pull it out. The big bushy eyebrows that look like caterpillars that I've got to shave every couple of weeks from the point I hit 50. The potato patches in the ear, it's a reflection. I can't do anything about it. I can Photoshop a picture, I can project it up, on, I can look beautiful. I can give myself more hair, fix the receding hairline. But a mirror reflects who I really am. Can I ask you, how should we live? Should we live as a reflection or projection? It's a reflection. That's what God has called us to be, a reflection. See, it says in, Paul says in Ephesians, But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. See, we learn in chapter 2 from Peter Scazzaro in the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, that awareness of self and your relationship with God are related, intricately related. See, the fact of the challenge to shed our old self to pick up the new self strikes at the very core of being emotionally healthy and living a good spiritual life that ability to realize that we are meant to be a reflection and not a projection to be able to be aware of who we are See, augustine wrote saint augustine how can you draw close to god when you are far from yourself let that picture just settle for a second how do you draw close to god when you're far from yourself. See, God created us to be who we are. And if we aren't living our true selves, we're living a lie. If we aren't truly living reflection, but we're living projection, we can fall into a false image of who we are. And if we live there, we live in a lie. And it's hard to have relationship with somebody from behind a lie to be able to connect fully with somebody knowing there's a barrier between them and you it's hard to live that way meister eckhart wrote no one can know god who does not know themselves first teresa of avila said almost all problems in spiritual life stem from the lack of self-knowledge Almost all problems in our spiritual life will stem from the fact that we're not fully aware about ourselves, about things in our lives, the things we can work on. And the last quote, John Calvin said, Our wisdom consists of two parts, the knowledge of God and of ourselves. Wisdom comes from knowing God, but knowing yourself. See, chapter 2 of emotionally uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality is titled, Know Yourself That You May Know God. The whole chapter is about that. The premise is to get to know God. But to get there, we need to know ourselves as well. We need to know who we are, how we live. And a big part of what Peter writes in this chapter is about our feelings. Oh, don't go there. Feelings, we don't want to be talking about feelings. See, Christians, is this true for your life? Christians, unfortunately, get taught that feelings can be wrong. They can be untrustworthy. They're unpredictable. Is this true? I know that in my early years of Christianity, it was in my life, I was told that feelings weren't something to be trusted So there's a teaching out there that says this, but I've got to tell you, this teaching is wrong. So wrong. Because Genesis 1.27 tells me this. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. You and I have been created in the image of God. We are a reflection of him. He has formed us to be like Him. We feel because God feels. We feel because the one who shaped us, the one who formed us, the one created, who created us to be an image and a reflection of Him is one that feels. God feels. Right through Scripture, you'll see this. He feels delight. In Genesis, it says God saw that it was good. It was very good. That brought delight to his heart. He experiences and feels regret. The Lord regretted that he made man. This one is a struggle that most of us probably wrestle with a bit. He's a jealous God. His own words, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God in Exodus. God is a God who feels. He feels anger. Not only anger, but in Jeremiah it says, the fierce anger of the Lord. He's an emotional being. He's a feeling being. He feels compassion, distress, joy. But best of all, he feels love. He feels. Because he feels, we feel. We've been created in his image. He put those feelings, those emotions, those experiences in us when he formed us in in the mother's womb, when he shaped us. See, God is a God who feels. And feeling is an essential part of our humanity. It's a part of who we are. We've been made to feel. See, when we ignore our feelings we become less and less human. When we become people that live a projection of life and we do away with particular areas that God has shaped and formed and put within us, then we actually become less human. But when we live a life of reflection, grabbing hold of who God has created us to be, saying thank you for these things you've put within us, and we reflect his love and his grace and his mercy and the true being that we're called to be, That is the way we're meant to live, a life of reflection, not a life of projection. See, we all want to hear God speak to us, don't we? We long for it. We seek it out. And there's so many ways we do that. We do that through seeking out prophecy, when somebody lays hands upon us and speaks the word of the Lord over us. We do that through His Word. We read His Word, whether it be morning, night, wherever it is. But we will read it for Him to speak through His Word to us, through songs. Those that love worship will sit there of a Sunday morning and God will speak to them through a song, a word that just comes forth. And it's like, oh, wow. Through the words of others. But for some of us, for some reason, We don't expect God to speak to us through our feelings. Or we believe that lie that we're taught earlier in Christian life that feelings are wrong. But what if feelings is just another way that God uses to speak to us? What if they are just a tool that he uses to guide us? To lead us? What if because we don't know ourselves well enough, that we've ignored our feelings long enough and lived a life of projection strong enough that we are missing out on an amazing way God tries to communicate to us. We've pushed it down. We've projected what we believe others expect us to look like, act like, be like, Our bodies are designed by God. As we said at the beginning, He shaped us, He formed us, He moulded us in our mother's womb. Our bodies are designed by God to respond physiologically to feelings. We have physical responses to a feeling or an emotion we experience. Is it possible in certain situations That God uses this thing, this thing that's got hairy ears, bushy eyebrows. You know what I hate? Those grey ones. What I hate about a mirror as well. (sighs) Every now and then I'll look in the mirror to shave of a morning. There's this hair about this long coming out of my forehead, right in the middle. And I sit there and think, who has seen this over the last couple of weeks and said nothing? (laughs) I digress. (laughs) Is it possible that through this body that God created, this vessel he chooses to dwell in, that he will use this thing to communicate with us? He's on the inside of us. He dwells within us. We are made in his image. We experience everything he experiences. So therefore, wouldn't he use everything he put in this to talk to us, to lead us, to guide us? Does he try to speak through us to us through a knot in the stomach? See, situations and circumstances, so often we are saying, God, give me a word. Let somebody prophesy over me. You'll be searching through the scriptures like, I need an answer. But then when you sit there and you pray about it, and suddenly you, oh, that knot in the stomach, is it possible that's God? Is it possible that he's leading us through our feelings, through muscle tension, through adrenaline? Somebody asks you to do something, you sort of like, I don't know if I should, oh, but I'm excited. You don't know why you're excited? It just hits you, it just comes up. Is it possible that that's God using us feeling to say, this is me. This is my leading. Uneasiness, concern, confusion, excitement. I love in the scriptures where it just talks about an unction. It's because they can't find another word for it. They can't put a feeling to it. It's just an unction. We all get them. I've got I mean, them in the weirdest ways. I remember riding to work one day when we were living in the Wit Sundays. And I saw this is stupid, but there was a broom in a bin. The day before, I'd broken our broom. It was too rough with it. It was aggressive in my cleaning. snapped it. And I looked at this broom and said, I'll pick that up on the way home. And there was just this unction saying, do it now. I didn't do it. It wasn't there in the afternoon. I was so upset. But honestly, it was an unction of the Spirit. I've had them in other times. I ride motorbikes. I remember one day riding down to Sautel, just riding along, and there's just this unction, this word, this feeling. Lean forward. You're riding motorbike. <laughs> okay, lean forward. Not that much. Didn't have a lot of room. Truck coming the other so- way. Poly pipe comes off the truck and shoots directly behind my head like a spear. <laughs> unction of the spirit. Just a feeling. If I had not moved that little bit, who knows? I had a helmet on. I got a thick head. But <laughs> I think it would have hurt. Unctions are an amazing thing. See, we get taught that many of these feelings are wrong. We even unconsciously have a rule about them and what we should do when we experience them. We ignore them. We push them down. They're not of the spirit. What if they are? What if they are a way that God communicates to us? See, to experience emotional health and spirituality, we need to learn to feel as God desires to. But we need to do this with wisdom and understanding. That's where coming to know yourself comes in. See, 1 John 4 1 says, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. See, sometimes feelings are just fleshly desires. Simply that. I'm hungry. I want to eat. It's a feeling. Sometimes feelings are a temptation of the enemy. Oh, I like that motorbike. I want it. No, I don't. <laughs> can have. Well, I go there. It's always another motorbike for a different occasion. They can be temptations to the enemy. But they can also be a prodding from God. Hopefully this doesn't challenge too much. Matthew chapter 3 is a great revelation of the different ways emotions can affect us. See, in Matthew chapter 3, straight after Jesus' baptism, he goes to John, let us do this thing so the Scriptures can be fulfilled. John baptizes Jesus. Jesus comes up out of the water. He sees heaven open above him like, and the Spirit descend upon him like a dove. And then we hear this voice from heaven. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Formal. This make it a little bit Aussie. This is my son. This is my boy. I love him, and he makes me happy. That's what God is saying about Jesus at this point. But you've got to realize something here. This is before Jesus has done anything. This is his introduction to ministry. He hasn't preached yet. He hasn't prophesied yet. He hasn't performed miracles yet. He doesn't even have one follower yet. And here you've got the Father in heaven saying over this creation, this being that he formed, saying, I am happy with him. I love him. Just for who he is. Just for who he is right here, right now. My love is full. Doesn't matter what he does. Just for who he is. Can you put yourself in Jesus' feet right there? What did he feel? So often we don't think about Jesus' feeling. We read the stories about him. But what did he, how would you feel? Back voice of God suddenly says, this is my girl, I love her, I'm happy. Feelings, you can't deny it, like, oh. sure, Jesus loved that feeling. Feelings are from God. A part of emotionally healthy spirit- spirituality is knowing yourself well enough to know that God loves you just for you. Not for what you'll do, not for what you have done, not for what you have, not for what you will have, just you. He loves you as you. He shaped every single one of us. See, Jesus heard this voice as did everybody else. But the amazing thing is just after this point, he gets led into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. He goes into the wilderness and he spends 40 days fasting. Who knows that after 40 days of being hungry, your emotions are running hot. I do three days of fasting, and my emotions are running hot. My feelings, my my stomach is growling. There's a lot of things happening. Jesus fasted for 40 days, and it was at this point that the enemy came in to tempt him. And the enemy said this, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Do something. Prove act see what the devil was trying to do there is to say what's your performance like are you something see he was saying do and emotional healthy spirituality allows us to define ourselves on the feeling that god loves us for who we are not what we do that's emotional healthy when we realize that we're just loved for who we are, not for what we do. Jesus knew that. Then the enemy said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. This is popularity. I am what others think. Emotional, spiritual health, elderly allows us to define ourselves on the feeling that God loves us, not about what other people think of us. We are healthy spiritually when we understand our emotions well enough to appreciate that we are loved for who we are, not for what other people think about us. For who we are. And then finally he said to him, all this, all this, as he took him up on top of a mountain, all this I will give you if you fall down and worship me. We are not defined by what we have. We are defined by the fact that God loves us, no matter any of these things. See, emotional, physical, emotional healthy spirituality helps us to find true freedom. That's why we're going through this course at the moment. To get to know ourselves so that we can know God. To free ourselves from things that hold us back. To allow ourselves to come into true freedom. It helps us to no longer need to be someone special in other people's eyes. One of the most liberating things we can experience when we just say, this is me. This is me. Doesn't matter what other people think. All it does matter is what God thinks. This is me. My entire life in ministry, I've tried to project that, that I'm the same on the platform, that I am in my house, that I am in my work. I just try to live who God's created me to be. And I think that's a challenge for all of us to live that way. Not to worry about performance, popularity or possessions, but to be defined by being loved by God simply for who we are. His creation, his being, his shape, his reflection. Straight after the temptation in the wilderness, Jesus begins his public ministry. Remember this. Generations of Hebrew people were waiting for the Messiah. Generations of Hebrew people were waiting for the Deliverer. They were waiting for the Chosen One. And they had visions and expectations of what this Messiah was going to be like. In their mindset, they already had an idea what Jesus was going to look like. They had their own expectations of how he would look, how he would act, how he would perform, who he would associate with, what he would do and what he wouldn't do. Surprising thing, Jesus wasn't what people expected. In many ways he was the exact opposite of what they expected. They expected a warrior. He came as a lamb. They expected a soldier that would deliver them from the rule of the Roman Empire. He came as a peacemaker. He came in so many opposite ways to what the people projected upon him in their mindsets, forced upon him how he would look, act, be, respond. And he was the opposite to so much of this. Can I tell you something? We love Jesus, but he disappointed so many people in his time. He disappointed them because he wasn't what they expected. But he didn't care. That's what I love about it. He did not care. He did not care that he didn't measure up to their expectations because he had a father who had just said a little time earlier, this is my son. I love him. I'm pleased with him just because who he is. Not because what you think he's going to do. Not because he acts the way you want him to. Just because he's him. Jesus knew himself. He knew his emotions. He knew his feelings. And he knew that he could trust God to lead him in his life to fulfill that which he would call to do. But he had to be emotionally healthy to be able to spiritually act. Love that about our Lord. See, one of the keys that we hear from chapter two of Peter Stokot's, Peter's book. Forget about that. <laughs> one of the keys to the emotional healthy spirituality we see in Jesus' life is that he regularly drew away to spend quality time, quiet quality time with his father. Regularly. Often and after a strenuous time, a testing time, draining times, discouraging times, exciting times, uncertain times. Does it sound like 2022, does it sound like the last couple of years? Does it just sound like life? What did Jesus do with life? He drew aside to be silent with his Father. He would leave everything and everyone behind to experience some silence and stillness before God. The devotions have been great. But I will be honest... They start with silence and reflection. Two minutes. They end with silence and reflection. Two minutes. I think I've done that once in the last week. I struggled with it. It's easy to download the devotional and have a playing there next to me while I shave. It's easy to have it in the car as I drive to work. I've done my devotional. But that silence and reflection isn't as easy as what i'd like it to be that forces me to stop it forces me to sit it forces me to be quiet i don't like that and i think many people do really like that see jesus left everything behind to just get silent with god Silence scares many people. We don't know what to do in silence. You ever have a conversation with somebody? I used to work as a coach. Loved it, because I was in control. And you'd be talking somebody th- something through with somebody, and then they'd stop talking, and I'd just sit there in silence. And you can see them so like, becoming more and more uncomfortable because they don't, we don't like silence. But in silence, revelation comes. In silence, we start to look inward. In silence, we start to discover. See, they don't know how to face what they may experience in silence. They might not like who they really are when we're in silence. But truthfully, I can tell you this... If you want to get to know yourself well, learn this discipline. Learn to draw aside and be silent and reflect. See, we're surrounded by distractions. We flood our senses with TV, radio, computers, music, overloaded schedules, meaning, meaningless distractions, just to avoid quiet, reflective time with God. We fill silence with distractions because distractions keep us from listening to our dreams our likes our dislikes they keep us from feeling our feelings they keep us from hearing and discovering our true selves see god remember when god revealed himself to moses on the mountaintop in the old testament god pulled him out of the cave and said i'm going to come and he did And there was a massive wind that tore through the area. God wasn't in the wind. Then there was an earthquake. God wasn't in the earthquake. Then there was a fire. He wasn't in the fire. Where he was, was in the true quiet whisper. The gentle voice is where Moses met God in that quiet time see it's in these quiet times we get to know ourselves because we get to listen to our feelings and when we listen to our feelings if we reflect as this book is teaching us to do we reflect by saying why why you reflect on a situation you reflect on the feeling you had in that situation and you say why why was I angry then why did that bring up that feeling of discomfort? Why was I afraid at that point? Why was I discouraged, confused, anxious, excited? Why did I feel what I felt? That's getting to know yourself. That's getting to know trigger points. That's God speaking through what he created to say, hang on, take a moment. And not only do you do that, you ask the question, why? And then you ask him, why? And the amazing thing is, when we do that, he talks to us. He reveals to us. He changes us. As the scripture says, we become more like Him every day. We become a greater reflection of Him every day. And a part of doing that is by withdrawing into silence, reflecting on how we feel, and allowing Him to change us and mould us even more into the image that He's created us to be. See, in conclusion, let me say this. To help us on this journey of achieving emotionally health and spirituality, do things differently. It's it, hard, as I said, for me at the moment to do that silence and reflection. But I'm going to make myself do it. Draw aside. Get into that uncomfortable place of silence and reflect. Why do I feel this way? What are you trying to say to me, God? What do I get excited about? Why do I get ex- anxious about? to ask those questions and let him speak to us. So he can I ask you to do these few things over the next week? Embrace silence more than distraction. Feel how God created you to feel. And know yourself so you can know God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity we're experiencing at the moment by going through emotional, healthy spirituality. Lord, they are just words, but they're a journey as well of becoming emotionally healthy so that our spirituality can reflect who you really are through us. Lord, I pray that you take us on this journey. You reveal to us who we really are in you. And you bring us to that place where we don't worry about possessions, or popularity, or productivity, or any of these other distractions, all we are concerned about is that we are loved by you, and you're happy with us, and it is your desire to bring us healing, fullness, and fulfillment, and fill us with your peace, your love, your joy, and your mercy, as we allow ourselves to be transformed into the image of you, greater every day. In Jesus' name, amen.